Now let's turn to John, the third chapter. Will everybody take your Bible, please? And in the third chapter of the Gospel of John, I have a text that the Lord's given me this week as a result of our being with the Springer family and the Springer funeral. And our Savior says in verse 11, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Nicodemus, one of the rulers of the Jews, has sought out our Lord at night. And Nicodemus said to our Savior that he must be come from God because no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Nicodemus was a witness to the very thing that our Lord was constantly saying, the works that I do, the miracles that I perform, bear testimony that the Father has sent me. And the force of the miracles that our Savior wrought was evident in the fact that it moved Nicodemus. Moved him. Brought him to the Lord at night. And then Nicodemus spoke to our Savior and immediately, without any build-up or any introduction, our Savior turned to this great leader whose heart he saw naked and bare and said, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Our Savior, who knows the hearts, knew that Nicodemus was not born again. And so he immediately addressed to Nicodemus that which he knew he needed. And then Nicodemus turned and he said, But how can this be? How is it possible for a man to be born again? And the very fact that he asked this question revealed that Nicodemus was not born again. Had he understood the language, had he understood what it meant to be born again, He'd have never have asked this question. As a matter of fact, if he'd been born again, it's I doubt whether the Lord would have asked him the question and said what he did to him. But the first great concern that our Savior has with every man is that he might bring him to God and bring him into fellowship and into the knowledge of the Son of God. That's his great concern. And so Nicodemus said, well, how can these things be? And Jesus Christ said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. You understand that, Nicodemus, don't you? That which is born of human parentage is of this order. But he says, that which is born of the Spirit, that will be spirit. So don't you marvel. You can see these things here on the earth taking place. Now I want to tell you about the tremendous miracle that takes place on this earth in the work of the Spirit of God as he takes the gospel and brings it to men and makes them alive in Christ. Marvel now. Don't you, don't you be disturbed about this. I'm going to tell you about something that takes place here and now. And then the Savior repeats it. He says, Nicodemus, he says, look at the wind. Just look at the wind in the skies. It blows here, there. You can't see it. and It moves in this area and it works its 
purposes here. And he says, so is the Spirit of God. You can't see the Spirit. You can't lay hold on the Spirit. You can't tell where the Spirit is. It's like the wind that he just moves. And he moves in and touches the heart of a man. And so is every man that is born of the Spirit. And when that Spirit comes in and you hear the gospel and you believe this message, that Spirit will take you. And just as you were born the first time, you will be born the second time. The first time was of human seed. The second time will be of divine seed. And then it is our Savior gives this text of ours. He says, I've come to you. And I speak the things that I know about. I've come here and the Son of God says, I speak the things that I can testify about. And you won't receive my testimony. I tell you about these things, Nicodemus, and you just won't let it come through to your heart. And then he turns and he uses this word of our text. If I tell you of earthly things. If I tell you what's going on down here. If I tell you what you need down here on this earth. If I tell you what I can do for you right here on this earth. If I tell you of these things now and you won't believe me. How will you believe me if I tell you of the things that are in heaven? Where you haven't been and where you have no opportunity to confirm my words to you. But if you can confirm my words to you here and now. And recognize that when I tell you you must be born again and you are born again. Then you will also believe my words about heaven. And so we have the next version of what our Savior says in verse 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven. But he that came down from heaven. I am a messenger from God. I'm a messenger from heaven. And I know all about that place. I know everything that goes on up there. And I have come down as a messenger from that place. And if you won't believe what I tell you about this place. And the conditions of this place. And what takes place down here upon this earth. How will you believe me if I tell you about heaven and the glory that the Father has prepared for them that love him? All right, now let's divide this sermon into two parts. First, let's look at the things on the earth that he was telling us about and which he knew. Second, let's look at the things in heaven of which he's telling us about and of which he knew. Now as to the things that are here on this earth that he is talking about, we don't need to go any further than just this passage. Because here in this third chapter of John, he tells us two main things about the condition of this earth and about what's going on down here. The first thing he tells us is that the human race is under condemnation. The second thing he tells us is that men may be born again and delivered from their condemnation. All right, now let's read this third chapter of John. Take it, will you please? And notice what our Savior says. <clears throat> we'll begin reading here with the 14th verse. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. 
Well, I'm glad to find that one in there. I told you people the other night that all this attack upon the Old Testament and they're tearing the Bible to pieces and they're saying Moses never wrote anything and Moses never spoke of Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. That's no myth. That happened. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, verse 17. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. You know why he didn't? Because it had already been condemned. He didn't send him down here to condemn the world. It had already been condemned before he arrived. It had already been condemned. And it was because this whole world was condemned that the Son of God was sent down here. And notice the rest of that verse. The Son of God was sent into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth on him is condemned. When? Already! The present condition of man right now on this earth is that he is condemned. Already! And Jesus Christ says, if I tell you about these earthly things and you won't believe me, if you won't believe what I have to tell you about the sin of man and the consequences of that sin and the ruin of the race and the judgment of death, if you won't believe me about these things, how will you believe me if I tell you about everlasting life? Now I'll read a little further. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world, and men love darkness better than light because their deeds were evil. Oh yes, the condemnation is here, and the light comes, and because men are in this condemnation and under it, and their deeds are evil, because of that they won't pay attention to the light. And if I tell you I'm the light, I'm the Son of God, I've come down here, and if I bring the light and you won't listen to the light, you won't pay attention to the light, how then will you believe me if I tell you about the light that's in heaven and the glory of God that he's prepared for them that love him? You know, beloved, you can't take the Bible and just open it up. You just can't take the scriptures and just see how they break themselves down. What have I done? Nicodemus, you must be born again. Our Savior talks about the things on the earth that we know. And then he tells us about them. The things of heaven that we know. Then he tells us about them. And if you're not going to believe him when he talks about the things down here where we can see and test these things, then how will we believe if we think about the things of heaven and the glory that God has promised to those of us that love him? Well, now let's move on down just a little further in this third chapter of John. And when you come down to the very end of the third chapter of John, notice verse 34. For he whom God has sent speaketh what? The words of God. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am reporting to you concerning the condition of this earth. And when I tell you the things that I give to you concerning the condition of this earth, I'm not only telling you the truth, I'm delivering you unto you God's 
word and God's appraisal and God's judgment of the condition of this earth and the present estate of man. Now notice that next verse. For God hath given not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life but the... What's the condition? Wrath of God abideth upon him. And the first condition, the first description, the first situation which our Savior is describing as taking place on this earth is that the wrath of God abideth upon man. That man is condemned in his sin. And that condemnation took place long before the Son of God ever came. He was condemned already. And now he begins to tell us that if you want to get out from under this wrath, if you want to be delivered from this condemnation, if you want to have your condition here on this earth changed, you must be born again. Ye must look to the Son of God as Moses lifted up the serpent. You must look to him and believe that he died for your sins, that he came here to deal with your sins, that he came here to deliver you out of this pit, to lift us up out of this darkness, and to give unto us the life which is eternal. Now, beloved, our Savior is saying, first you're condemned. And that's the condition of our world today. And I've told you over and over again that if our political leaders, if our leaders in international affairs understood the corruption in the heart of man, we wouldn't be dealing with the communists like we are. If we understood the depravity of the human race, can you imagine thing any more depraved than that man this last week going into a nursing home and murdering eight women one right after another, and the only one that escaped was she rolled under the bed and kept quiet? Can you imagine anything so depraved as that? But that is the heart of man. It's deceitful and wicked and desperately wicked. And then we've got these nice, soft, mamby-pamby uh, political uh, preachers around the country saying that we must do away with capital punishment. We must do away with capital punishment. Man's getting better. His soul must be delivered from such fears. And you're not going to do any good by putting this man to death. Beloved, a man who's killed eight innocent girls, going in there, tying knots around them, stabbing them, doing other things to him, blotting out their lives for him, he needs to die eight times. Talk about justice. Where is it? It must be related to the law. And the law is related to condemnation. And man is condemned under God because of his sin. And the only way he can get out of it is to be born again. And then coming into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, he receives what God has to give him here right now on this earth. Nicodemus, if you won't listen to what I have to say about being born again right here and now, how will you believe me if I tell you about in my father's house are many mansions? How will you believe me if I tell you I go to prepare a place for you? 
Beloved, everlasting life does not start when you die. It starts when you're born again. Your victory over sin doesn't take place when you leave this body and your soul is made perfect in holiness. Your victory over sin comes the moment you trust in your Savior and on that cross he paid the full and complete penalty for your disobedience and he brought you out from under the condemnation. He that believeth on the Son is not condemned. Last Sunday, you remember the sermon I preached to you last Sunday? on the uh, 21st chapter of Revelation and how I got down to this passage where it says, but the uh, fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone. After that service, I stood at the door and you people kept going out, you know, and you went out of here giving me scripture text. The most amazing thing, I preach the Bible to you, and then one man comes to me and says, You know, Dr. McIntyre, there's a good text on that. He said, uh, he quoted that passage from the Apostle Paul. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, and of power, and of a sound mind. And where is your fear taken away from you? On the cross, where Christ paid it all. Where does your love come from? from the cross because he first loved us and we love him in return. And where does the sound mind come from? From the word of God, just the good sanctified common sense that God gives to us. That's where it gets from. We don't have the spirit of fear, but we have the spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. And you people have been sitting under the preaching of the gospel and sitting under the ministry of this pulpit through these years. God's given us a spirit of power and he's given it to us out of his precious word and we have a sound mind. Because we have some sense of judgment and good common sense, we don't appreciate the Supreme Court justice 67 years of age marrying a 23-year-old co-ed and making himself in the country ridiculous. We need a sound mind. And we would get it if men listened to the law of God. But you know, when we transgress the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, which protects the character and the purity of the individual, his home, the marriage vows, and all that's dear and precious in the lives of those of us who are seeking to honor God. When we transgress that seventh commandment, we get over to playing with the sixth one that says thou shalt not steal. And when I see these transgressions of the seventh commandment by a Supreme Court justice, I can understand how we can begin to tone down the sixth commandment on property rights and these other things. And we can get some of these decisions that are leading us into a socialist revolution in the United States. And it's all related to the moral law. It's all related to the standards of righteousness which come to us from the hand of God. Look what Jesus says. Turn back to this third chapter. Look at this passage. For he whom the Father hath sent into the world speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son and giveth all things into his hands. All right, two things take place down here. Well, there are many other things that he talks about, but these are the things in this passage. We're condemned. We're condemned. We can be delivered. We can be born again. 
And it's right here. And that's why it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to have men like myself stand in the pulpit and tell you people who are listening to me that you're sinners and the only way you can be delivered from the condemnation of your sin is not by your righteousness, not by your works, not by your power, not by your name, not by anything that you have, but only by the merit and the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you. All right, now let's look at the other side of the picture for just a moment. If I tell you earthly things, well, we believe what he said about earthly things. Let's listen to what he has to say about the heavenly things. He says, you won't believe me on the heavenly things, but if you do believe me here, then you'll understand what I'm talking about in these heavenly things. And the first thing that he mentions, and he does it repeatedly in this passage, is that he that believeth on me is not condemned, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. He that believeth on me, he that believeth on me, he that believeth on me. Everything depends upon believing upon him. But when we believe upon him, then he gives unto us that life which will extend for all eternity. And will you notice please in the latter part, verse 31, He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthy, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set his seal, that God is true. And beloved, when you believe, what the Son of God has said, and you become a child of God by faith, and you are born again, his seal is in you, that seal is set, and the seal is that God is true. God Almighty is no liar. God Almighty is not involved in iniquity. God Almighty in his mercy and his love sent his son down here that you and I might be delivered from our sin and our condemnation and that he might be the light of this world. And he that loveth the light cometh to the light that it might be manifest that our deeds, our lives, our conduct are manifest in him. And when you're born again and when you love this Christ, the world can pass away. The power of the gospel will come in to give you what you need to resist the temptations and to turn from your wicked ways and to live lives which will be pleasing unto the Son of God in this land. But when he talks about the things that are in heaven, he says, this life is in me. And he says, I go back to my father. And he says, I'm going to go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. My, when you think about what God's done down here on this earth, the wonders of this creation. When you just stop and think of what we have about us. And think how it's designed and planned and its beauty and its order. Personally, I, I'm just so thrilled when I look at that great Atlantic Ocean down at Cape May. And then some reason or other, the Lord's given us a very, very bumper crop of rabbits in the field right behind us. Every year we seem to have rabbits there, but this year we've got more of them. And they come out in the evening time, little rabbits running around there. And I've gotten to where I like to look at the rabbits. 
We haven't eaten any of them yet, but uh, I like to look at the rabbits. And then uh, the other day we saw, I think it was a mink running around through there, a muskrat, a little flat tail, and I thought it was a muskrat. And then we've seen some, uh, the other day I saw a skunk. You know, you know what a skunk is? Black-spotted things. Well, isn't it interesting, all these different, and I got to thinking about it, these muskrats, for some reason or other, don't get mixed up with the, stunk, the skunks. And the rabbits, they don't go mating up with the muskrats. They all seem to, rabbits get rabbits and muskrats get muskrats. And you should see the way that nature is. And you look at it, the myriad thing, and then you see the birds all around, and then they come in with all these different kind of fish. It's the most amazing thing to see these big uh, uh, fish that we have out there. We have some porpoises. They even call them McIntyre porpoises. And I've gotten to where I like to watch them. They flip up their, their tails and wave at us out of the water out there. And here they are, the big fish and the little fish, but for some reason or other, they're all in good order. They don't seem to have any traffic problems. It's the most amazing thing to see this world in this order down here that God has established, and we glorify God. Last night I was preaching down there, and the sun was going down, and the sky was just as red. It was a brilliant red. And I was standing in the pulpit, and you could see the sky out here, and actually it just struck me dumb. I had to stop in the middle of my sermon and tell everybody to take a look at the sunset. We have the most beautiful sunsets down there at Cape May. You don't see them up here, folks. You've got to move down there where the, the bay is and all the reflections, and then the sun rises, and you see these wonders. And, beloved, when I look at these things and I marvel at the order that God has, the perfection, the plan, the details, and I say it takes an awful great God to put all these things together. It takes a mighty big God to keep this whole earth spinning around like it does with the sun and making the processes that gives us the seasons and all. Just think of how he's done it. And then think he not only takes care of this little place, but he's got the whole solar system to take care of. And everything seems to go on schedule so accurately that our mathematicians and our astronomers and these others can calculate and they can hit within 25 feet of the spot on the moon. And it's all in the perfection of this great order. And then I stop and look at this order, and these are the things that I've seen. These are the things that we know about. And then our Savior says, Oh, yonder in the great realm of eternity, there's a house that my Father's building for you. I'm going to prepare that place. And if I go and prepare that place for you, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself. That we might be with him. Just to be with Christ. I told you the story a minute ago about the experience I had of meeting my wife on the airplane and I didn't know she was there. And here I'd ridden from Dallas to, to Baltimore on the same plane with my wife and I didn't know she'd gotten on in Dallas as a standby. I didn't know it. But let me tell you, beloved, when I saw my wife, how long did it take me to recognize her? Did I take a look at her and say, that looks like my wife, I'll have to go back and think it over? Did I take a look at her and say, I say that looks very much like my wife? Did I walk to her and say, pardon me, lady, could you possibly be Mrs. McIntyre? Did I ask any questions? Did I say, well, let me take a side view of her? Well, let me just look at her from the back. No, it was instantaneous. When she looked up into my face and said, Carl, and she smiled, 
I answered immediately, Fairy. And I went over and kissed her on the airplane. Beloved, when the Son of God comes and he says, I'll come again and I'll receive you unto myself. And the moment that trumpet sounds and the dead are raised and those of us who belong to the Son of God are changed and caught up into the clouds, we'll see Jesus. And it'll be an instantaneous recognition of the Son of God. And if I've told you about these earthly things, I'll tell you I'll come and receive you unto myself. Believe me, you'll be with me and I'll be with you and I'll give unto you all that the Father has prepared for them that love him. I've been preaching to you people here these last weeks and I'm trying to tell you, we're going to be Christians, let's be Christians. Let's accept the Bible, let's believe the supernatural, let's recognize that we're the chosen and called of God and that he's come down by his grace to lift us up and now we're his children and let's not be ashamed to be Christians and ask God to give us the power to resist the devil and turn away from these things. Give us a discerning mind and let's be the salt that this world needs. be the lights upon this whole earth and God will take care of you. He took care of me last week and he'll take care of you. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank thee that our Savior said if he speaks of earthly things and we won't believe him, how would we believe if he spoke of heavenly things? But we thank thee that we've already believed what he told us about our conditions here. We're lost, we're condemned, we're undone. And we thank thee that he told us that the new birth could take place here and now. And that we've been born again. And Lord, may those here today, or those listening on the radio, as they hear this preacher, Oh, Father, if they're not born again, give them faith. By thy grace, give it to them. That they may be born into thine everlasting kingdom. And then they will have the seal set upon them that God is true, that thou hast given us thy Son. Oh, may men be saved in these days of darkness by the power that is from on high. For Christ's sake, amen. Hymn number 74, Savior again, thy dear name. 74.